right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Sisters Edition. This is your host, Ariane Smith. And Tiffany Hales. We are real life sisters. And Sisters of the Gospel. Yes. (laughs) So we're back under new management. We are under new management. Lots of exciting things happening around TWIM. Now the question is, how long is the new management (laughs) going to put up with our nonsense? I don't know. We hope hope that Kirk can handle us. (laughs) (laughs) We're a lot. And we realize that. And we realize we may not be everybody's cup of tea. And if you want serious news and you want thoughtful analysis, come back next week. Kurt will be back. (laughs) But us, we're all fluff. We're no substance whatsoever. Especially this week. We have a lot of fluffy stories. Oh, we this have week. so much fluff. Somehow this week. we always end up getting really lucky where all of like the news stories, the really controversial stuff, super fluffy, fall on our week. Well, we have had to deal with well, some. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. we, 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 just like what you said, the fluffy yeah. stuff seems to fall on our week and a lot of the controversial stuff. But then again, we only podcast once a month. That's true. So the odds are in our favor. We, we get to skip some of the controversial <laughs> stuff. Um, but I have decided because this is extra fluffy this week and we have a little, we're, I'm just going to, I'm just going to dangle this carrot out there. We've got a fun activity we're going to do tonight I in know. our podcast. We've never done this before. We're doing actual event. A- we're doing an activity within the podcast, <laughs> not just flapping our jaws, although it will involve some of flapping of our jaws. Anyway, so it is extra fluffy this week. So I have decided if Kurt doesn't come up with a name for this, for our episode, he needs to call it. All hat, no cattle. <laughs> we are going to be all hat tonight and no cattle. Trust me. Oh, that is good. All right. Okay. Before we start, I would like to return and report on something. Oh, okay. Yes, please do. From my steak. Oh. So, we love my steak. Um, okay. You will Your steak re- is extra. Yes. But you will recall six months ago, my steak had steak conference and it was the first post-COVID state conference where they took away the link. Oh, yes. And I was very upset about it. I was There was much murmuring in my household. I do recall the murmuring. They said, come to this building or this building, because we don't all fit in one building. Yes. And um, if there's a dire emergency or... And didn't um, you end up with a sick kid? Yes. No, so you I, got the link. I ended up with COVID. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I got the link, because the story was, this link is for people who need it. Not for everybody. And then okay. I murmured and I got COVID and I got the link. And then in so the see, end. So see, sometimes murmuring I, works. And then I decided it was worth it to have COVID, to have the link. Because that is how hard state conferences with small children. Well, here we are six months later. We are, had, you, are you about to murmur again? No, we had state conference today. Okay. And they sent the link out to everyone. <gasps> And they didn't, they only had it in one building. They didn't broadcast it to the second building. So they were expecting people to join in via link then. Yes. They had one building and then they sent out the link. So I don't know why. I don't know what changed their minds. I don't know if there was like a, a like strategy to this or I have a theory. What's your theory? (laughs) (laughs) My theory, because your steak is extra, is this was a measure of righteousness. (laughs) Would you show up in person to state conference? Because those are going to be your extra really righteous people. And if you just did the link, eh, you're not so, you're, you're not as righteous as those who actually showed up physically in person. I don't know, but I that's was, my theory. I was to thrilled. It. We were actually on a road trip on our way home from a road trip. Okay, so we did actually get to tune into part of it from the car. Um, but I was thrilled with the return of the link, and I am crossing my fingers and hoping that six months from now that link doesn't go away. Okay. I will let you all know. Keep, keep us keep us updated on the whole state conference link. We got we got no link in, in the Eagle State for state conference. Oh, you're not you, link your link got ripped away too? Uh yeah, there's 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 no link. You oh. you show up in person and ours is also broadcast to a second building. Okay. So. See see, this makes no sense to me. Because if you can't all fit in one building, why not just send out a link? Again, I'm sticking to my earlier theory. Your steak was using this as a test of your righteousness. They're taking attendance at the door. <laughs> They're going, okay, this person, this person, this person, getting little check marks by your name. Kind of like, you know, if you're verified on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. Okay. Well, in my world, in my church world, I should say, I... It is only, we are only halfway through the month of October, and I have been partying like a rock star yeah, you have. at church in the month of October. So 
I have done two super, super fun activities. And so I'm going to go in reverse chronological order of my super fun activities that I have engaged in because I'm going to share the wealth for others. Yeah. So everybody needs a good activity. Everybody needs a good activity idea. One of these you can really do. Another one would be a little more challenging. Okay. So my husband is a young men's advisor and several months ago, the young men all came to my house on a Wednesday night and they were planning activities. Well, one of the things that the young men told the adults that they wanted to do when they were planning activities is they said, we want to do an iron chef competition and we want to do it with cookies. So great. The leaders wrote that down. Iron chef cookie competition. Okay. Now the young men had a clear understanding of what iron chef should look like. The leaders, not so much. Oh, okay. So last Sunday, my husband is just kind of planning for the Wednesday activity Mm -hmm. that's coming up. And he's like, what's an Iron Chef cookie competition? (laughs) Now, I have never watched Iron Chef, but I have enough kind of cultural knowledge to know Mm -hmm. what it was about. So I Googled it and I said, well, this is what you need to do. And I said, would you like me to be in charge of the Iron Chef cookie competition? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes. So here's what we did. We had eight young men that showed up. And I had all of the cookie stuff out on the kitchen counter, the flour, the sugar, the eggs, the spices. And then I divided them into two teams. They each picked a grocery sack, you know, the old fashioned paper kind that you can't see through. And one grocery sack had black beans and cayenne pepper. And the other grocery sack had- had <laughs> potato chips and cayenne pepper. And so the rules were you had to use the entire can of black beans and at least a quarter of a teaspoon of the cayenne pepper. And you had to use a cup of crushed up potato chips okay, and at least a quarter of a teaspoon of cayenne pepper. Oh, so my. because these were teenage boys and I don't expect them to really understand how to make cookies without a recipe, I said, you can Google stuff on your phone and see if you can figure this out. Plus they each got one adult advisor. assigned to their team. So we had adult supervision. They had 30 minutes to make their dough and then their dough had to go into the oven. And then I said, and now you have to figure out how you're going to plate your cookies because plating is 20% of your score. So I had plates and napkins and all sorts of little things Uh that they could, you know, make it all fancy with. The boys absolutely loved this. Okay, that's they so killed fun. it. So the bishop and my husband and my son Mark, uh-huh. uh, who is formerly a priest, he's just barely out of priest quorum, uh, were the judges. So okay. they sat outside during the competition okay. so they couldn't be influenced by what was going on. And then they judged the cookies. And the cookies were like I tasted them, they were like legit good. Really? One the team that used the um potato chips uh-huh. used cinnamon to complement their um, cayenne pepper. Okay. And so you couldn't, the cayenne pepper wasn't as strong because there was the cinnamon, but you had, it had a little kick to it. And then the team that used the black beans, so they had chocolate in their cookie as well. So Uh both cookies were a chocolate based cookie. Uh, and they, uh, that you could really taste the, 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 the cayenne pepper, uh-huh. but it was so good with the chocolate. I was, so I was won? legit surprised. The potato chip cookie won. Really? Yes. <laughs> but plating uh-huh. the, the black bean cookie, they did a better job at plating. Okay. That is such a fun idea. It was a really fun idea. So the boys loved it. And I kind of wanted to test drive it mm-hmm. as a potential relief society activity oh. because I thought that would be so fun. Although I would not let sisters cheat and use their phone. Right. I'd be like, you, you girls have made cookies. So, you know, <laughs> you make up your own, recipe. you make up your own recipe and figure this out. Mm-hmm. But I thought that would be like a really fun, uh, relief society activity. That would be fun. Get your sisters bonding mm-hmm. together. So that was really fun. Oh, Here's the other activity I did. Oh, and I should say, I got another one coming up this this week. We have a a uh, history. The young men have a history in our ward that they like to do what is called deep fry night. And they do this at my house. So they are coming back to my house on Wednesday night. My husband sets up fryers outside. I mix a sweet batter and then a savory batter. Mm-hmm. And the boys, their instruction is bring whatever you want to deep fry. <laughs> I cannot even begin to tell you the things those boys have deep fried over the years. Oh my goodness. They all look forward to it. They all love it. Okay. <laughs> but I had a really fun Relief Society activity. I threw a rager over conference weekend. You mentioned this last time we podcasted. Oh, and I I was going to go and I didn't get to go. This was your pageant party. This was my pageant party. So you may recall, we have a young woman in our ward who is actually in our Relief Society now because she graduated from high school and um, she is Miss Teen USA Idaho. 
And she competed in the national pageant, which was over conference weekend. Mm -hmm. And at first, we weren't sure we were going to be able to have a watch party because we were afraid it was going to conflict with the evening session of conference. Except the Miss USA people were so kind as to not start the finals on Saturday night until 8 p.m., well after conference was over with. So we invited all of the Relief Society sisters in my ward to our Relief Society president's house. We had a complete spread of food. We had crown cookies. We had little crowns that we all wore. We had, we took a picture with crowns on sticks. We had, Mm -hmm. it was just so fun. So Jenna, the girl who Mm -hmm. was competing, um, you know me, I have been into pageants for years. I can spot a pageant girl a mile away and I know who's doing good and who's not. And I could tell based on Jenna's prep, I'm like, oh, she's going to kill it. She has, she was one of the most prepared uh, people from Idaho for a national pageant that I have ever seen. I mean, she was just that good. So I was talking to her dad, you know, a couple months, you know, maybe four weeks or so before the pageant. And he said, yeah, you know, she's got the ability to go all the way. But he said, it is so political. He said, if she were Miss Texas, boom, she'd probably win it. Mm -hmm. But he said, it's so political and she knows it. And he, but he did say, she's not going to leave anything on the table. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'm going to, we're going to be rooting her on. So, uh, we get to Saturday night and it starts and, um, uh, so the first thing they do is they come out and they announce themselves, you know, by state and then they break them down into top 15. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're sitting there on the edge of our seats. My backup plan was if she didn't make top 15, we were going to go back and rewatch the preliminaries in the state costume competition. So we could at least see her since we were having this party. Because if she didn't make it, you wouldn't be able to watch her. We wouldn't be seeing her Mm -hmm. anymore. And I don't really care about any of the other girls in the pageant. So Mm -hmm. I had a backup plan. (laughs) And so they get to number 13 of top 15 and they announce her name. Oh. And you, I, I'm surprised we weren't arrested for disturbing the peace. We <gasps> like Relief Society gone wild. Relief Society gone wild. <laughs> you got all these 40, 50 year old women sitting in a room and we are screaming at the top of our lungs like it is the Super Bowl that when she makes so top 15. Cute. My Relief Society president, her husband is videotaping us because he is quite enamored with this behavior. <laughs> of these old ladies in crowns wearing tanks honoring Jenna and so we're screaming at the top of our lungs I'm wondering when Eagle Police is going to show up and tell us to calm down so then she goes and she puts her evening gown on and she models evening gown and then they go change their clothes again and now they're breaking it down to top five she was number three in the top five. So you thought we screamed loud the first time around. Oh, no, 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 no. When she made top five, we are like really screaming at this point in time. <clears throat> so then they do their interview question. And then they are going to announce the finalists. They do fourth runner up. It is not Jenna. They do third runner up. It is not Jenna. They do second runner up. It is not Jenna. They are now down to Jenna and Miss Nebraska. Mm -hmm. I cannot even begin to tell you the level of excitement in this room. (laughs) I mean, we are, we are girls gone wild. And so they announce her. She is the first runner up. Miss Nebraska ends up winning and Jenna was just so genuinely gracious. Mm -hmm. In fact, both when she made top six, top 15 and top five, the level of shock on her face, like not shock that, you know, Oh, I can't believe I, I, I did this, you know, because she knew she had the ability to do it, but I think just shocked that she worked her way through all the politics to be able to pull it off. And she was just so genuinely happy for the winner. And it was just so cute to see her. And then, you know, so then the party ends and it's about 20 minutes later and we're cleaning stuff up and my phone starts to ring and I look at my phone and Jenna is FaceTiming us. And I'm like, why are you FaceTiming me? (laughs) She's like, oh, I just wanted to thank you guys for your support. And just like she FaceTimed me and our group of Relief Society sisters before she even saw her parents. Wow. And I mean, it was the last phone call I expected Mm -hmm. to receive from her because I figured, you know, she has, you know, photography and press and all sorts of things she needed to do. And I just thought, you know, this is one class act for an 18 year old girl Mm -hmm. to realize, you know, Hey, my church group is back there supporting me and to just have an, 
just be so aware and in the moment Uh to just be so grateful for the support. So it was just, I was hoarse the next day. I have not had that much fun in a long time being a pageant fanatic. Like I said, this was like the Super Bowl to me with my favorite team in there. Well, what a fun release so society activity. It was activity. a fun release society activity. Super fun. So I think we're going to do another one. We are all fascinated by watching her walk in these like six inch heels. Right. So I think we're going to do one where she brings her, her pageant dress uh, and her heels to release society so uh-huh. we can all check them out. <laughs> You all try them on. Oh, honey, my arm wouldn't fit. She is a tiny girl. My arm would not fit in the bodice of the dress. The heels, though. Who can walk in the heels? Oh, gosh. Yeah, not me. Not me anyway, either. so, yes, those are, those are the fun activities oh, we've been doing so lately. Okay. okay. Well, should we hit some news stories? We ought to hit some news stories. All right. Before we get to our fun activity. Yes. Okay. So, new in the news this week, um, just released this last uh, Thursday, the church announced that they had a cybersecurity incident in March. I know. Um, and some people's personal information was compromised. Um, this said that someone got entry into the church's corporate system. Uh, the incident infe- affected personal data of some church members, employees, contractors, and friends um, who had either created an online account with the church or who were employed by the church. Um, it did say that no one's banking information or do- donation history had been accessed. Um, they did not release this information until now because there was a federal investigation mm. and they had promised um, at the request of law enforcement that they would not um, say anything until they had the go ahead. So they released that. I'm assuming they let people know who were affected. Who were affected, yeah. I did not get notifications. So. I did not either. You know, I'm, I was thinking about this. I'm like, is that the, around the time? I can't remember how long we've had to do a password for LDS tools, like you have to put in, like I have a numerical password that I have to put in before I can get into my LDS tools. You mean on your phone? On my phone. I've always had a password. For new, for LDS tools? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I've ever had to put in a numerical oh, really? password. I swear oh. it was just within the last year or so that I've had to start putting in a numerical password. Oh, I feel like it's been a long time for me. Hmm, I don't huh. know. That's a good question. Well, though. and then the other thing too, and I don't know if this mm-hmm. is just because I have a leadership calling or if this is universal throughout the church. Mm-hmm. They make me change my 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 uh, password my for, to log in. Uh, more than my employer does. Oh, they do? Like I'm having to constantly change it all the time and it can't even be remotely close to anything. Okay, that must before. be your calling because I'm not having to change mine. Well, <laughs> it must be because I, you know, I don't have quite the all access pass with my calling, but you for, do have everyone's birthdays. I do. <laughs> I do. So okay, anyway. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's only a matter of time, right? Every, yeah. every big organization is getting hit. Exactly. So. Um, all right. Next article. This was Religion News Service. This was a Jana Reese article. Well, Ariane, I know of no one who loves a Jana Reese <laughs> article more than you because I we do. have one every we single month. get one every month. We get we sneak one in there. Um, when I saw this one, I was like, oh, honey, this is just up your alley. Yeah, you're like, Ariane's going to want to talk about this. Uh, so she, in her flunking sainthood column, did an article titled, Are Double Ear Piercings and Sleeveless Tops Okay Now for Mormon Teens? Mm. This was just all about just, you know, her take on the new For Strength of Youth updates, which um, I know they discussed they discussed those last week, They, right? they did. They discussed yeah. them a little bit. But so. you have kind of an interesting take on this. So, <laughs> so, so Jana Reese is discuss all- Discuss her article and then discuss your take. Jana Reese is all on board. She's like, yes, it's finally, it's time. We're moving away from like a list of yes. to-dos and not to-dos and putting it in the teen's hands and, you know, use your- use your judgment, use your knowledge, use your inspiration from the Lord- on what you should do yes. with your own body, not a checklist. And she was all for this, like, hallelujah, it's finally mm-hmm. time. Um, but it was interesting, though, because she gave a little bit of history. I assumed, because when you were a youth growing up in the 80s, uh-huh. you did not have the checklist type of for strength of youth, did you? Well, 
I'm sure it existed because for strength of youth came about in the 60s. Right. Well, and this says when it first came about in the but 60s. Was- I have no recollection of seeing it as a teenager. Uh-huh. So I think it was one of those things that while it was out there, it uh-huh. wasn't heavily pushed as okay. a teenager. Because at least in the 80s. Because I like was in the 90s during my time yes. in youth. And it was very much checklist. like, And it was very much... We'll, like, we'll measure your hem if like, we have to. The the pamphlet was mm-hmm. like they had revamped it some some point yes. during my time in Young Women's. And, and that was when everything was very much pushed. Like study mm-hmm. the strength of youth, read the strength of youth. Okay. It was like a young women goal. And there were very much checklists about like yes. inches and sleeves and lengths and things. Um, but she, uh, this was interesting. She like looked up from like 1965, the original pamphlet. Now that was a pamphlet. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think I had it rough in the 90s. No, 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 no. <laughs> in that pamphlet, uh, they got very specific. And they said, like, to quote that pamphlet, few girls or women ever look well in strapless or backless dresses. Such styles often make the figure look ungainly and large, or they show the bony structures of the body. Heaven forbid should you show your bony structure. So not only did they have like a very extensive checklist type of thing about, and and it said it was a 16 page pamphlet and a majority of it was like geared towards women and standard dress standards for women and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway. Which is sad because let me tell you the fashion of the (laughs) 60s is my favorite style. If I could go back to any decade and relive the fashion, point me in the 60s. In fact, I'm even dressing a 60s for Halloween. So fun. So fun. Anyway, I just thought that was really interesting that it was that extensive when it first came out. Anyway, as you know, they've taken out a lot of the specifics now and they've said, you know, put put it back on the youth, use your best judgment and many reasons for this, cultural reasons, um, which obviously are huge. We yeah. can't just, you know, be going by the American dress standard when we have not a, in a worldwide, worldwide church. church. And then um, also I think, and what Jana Reese is saying, we hope is that like the future will be less of a, a judgment here in America. Well, and one of the things she was saying, and this is really Mm -hmm. true, is that people would use those standards as a weapon. Right. They'd weaponize them to judge your your righteousness. Right. So anyway, she just acknowledges uh, change is slow. You know, it's going to take a bit. um, But this is a good change in the right direction. Yes. Like using the spirit to guide and not being judgmental or rigid and, you know, Anyway, but my funny story is yes. <laughs> the Monday night after general conference. So President Uchtdorf announced this on the Saturday session. Yes. And honestly, my children were not listening on Saturday. <laughs> they were running amok. So I, I had my earbuds in and was listening while I washed windows. Yes. I was like a good conference yes. project. So my kids didn't hear this. And I did not even bring it up on Sunday to my teenager. I just like... Hadn't had a chance yet. You, you were still digesting. I was processing. Yes. So, so she comes home from school and we're sitting at dinner on Monday night. She's like, Mom, did you know that they changed the first strength of youth pamphlet? I was did like, they yeah. discuss this in seminary this, or this something? Was just, this was all the rage at school that day. Okay. Amongst her. Amongst the Mormon Amongst crowd. her Mormon friends. Okay. Everybody was talking about it. She's like, did you know it doesn't say you can't have tattoos or piercings anymore? I was like, oh yeah, I knew that. And she's like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's like, I am going to get a tattoo someday of my kids handwriting going up my arm. Wouldn't that be so cute? <laughs> like dying laughing because first of all, I'm like, I don't really think that's a good idea. Have you seen what kids handwriting looks like? <laughs> and then my 12 year old daughter pipes in and she's like, Oh, oh my gosh, I want to get a little sunshine right here. And she's pointing to like the very edge of her hand at the bottom of her pinky. Wouldn't that be so cute? I was like dying. I'm like, my girls are planning their tattoos. I think that was the spirit this change was intended for. I about died laughing, but also my mother heart was like so happy that like we have tattoo laws and like they'll be 18. And honestly, I'm like, when they're 18, it's true. I don't even care. Do what I, whatever. I mean, you're an adult. If that's the worst thing they you do, you will live with that decision for the rest of your life. 
Exactly. If that's the worst thing they do, then yes, I'll take it. So anyway, I was laughing hysterically at the tattoo planning that was going on at my dinner table. That is that is rather hilarious. <laughs> also, so I got I had a second piercing. I think I got it either late high school or early college. Okay. And I was in college when President Hinckley gave his talk. Yes. He has one piercing yes. per ear. Yes. And I just kind of ignored it. And then, Fair <laughs> enough. And then when I was dating my husband, he kind of guilted me into Ooh. taking my second piercing out. Oh. And he has apologized many times. Okay. Okay. We'll forgive. <laughs> because I brought the second piercing back recently okay. after many, many years. Okay. Pro- probably a couple years ago, I brought it back. Because it never closed up. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, these things are- well, I have second piercing, but mine totally closed these up. These things are kind of permanent. Yes. <laughs> I mean, occasionally I would put something yeah. in, but honestly, I was too lazy. Yes. Uh, but now I have an earring business and I wear earrings all the time. So I'm back to doing earrings. Yes. I started um, wearing my second piercing again a couple years ago. And my girls were like, oh, mom, you should, you should put yours in there anyway. Which is not a big deal. I don't, yeah. I don't think people- um, are super super judgy on yeah that anymore? Yeah. Maybe they were back at the in the time, um, but I just think it's so funny that my husband feels like so guilty for <laughs> shaming me into taking <laughs> my second piercing out. <laughs> well, and then our sister Ciara was in our group text was like, "Okay, ladies, are we all going to go get a tattoo together?" <laughs> I know, because <laughs> and I was like, "Are you kidding me? I can't even pick a paint color." Anyway, she she is not in the church anymore. Yes. She got her first tattoo recently with her other sister-in-laws. Yes. And so she's like, oh, now I can do it with my sister. And Ariane and I are like, yeah, we can't commit to that. I was like, I can't pick a paint color for my wall. No. I was like, I might consider another piercing. I know. She's like, well, how about a third piercing? We're like, well, that maybe we could think about. We could consider. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, just very interesting to hear Jana's. Jana Reese's take on the whole thing. Yes, yes. And it will be interesting to see, you know, as the years go by, like, are we going to see more tattoos and piercings? I don't know. I don't know. That will be very, very Time, time will tell. Well, and one of the things that Jana Reese says in there mm-hmm. is, you know, this is kind of very much a cultural shift for LDS right. people mm-hmm. uh, because we've had these checklists. And so you're going to have to kind of get beyond that generation that because there are still generations in the church who are like, <gasps> Ooh, you know, mm. and uh, to get beyond that uh, to where it's it's not a cultural taboo, because right. I think despite the changes, yeah. you're still going to run into cultural tattoo or cultural taboos. Yeah. All okay. right. Oh, next thing we have a viral video from Cosmo the Cougar. Yes. Okay. First of all, I had no idea before you described the video, Cosmo has a TikTok account and Cosmo has 1.5 million TikTok followers. I know. That's a legit TikTok account. I know. Although I'm not surprised. I feel like Cosmo videos have been going viral for years now. I know. Well, and this last video that went viral got 7.2 million hits. So please describe. It's pretty amazing. It's like beyond amazing. I saw it floating around last week and I was like, oh, look at Cosmo go. So they're on the football field, I'm assuming halftime, and they stacked up tables, like, you know, church tables. Church oblong tables. Ten foot tables. Yes. And Cosmo is like in a plank position in the middle. They have two two rows of tables. Well, they have have tables three high. Three high, parallel to each other. Parallel to each other. Cosmo is in a plank position, like push-up position on the bottom level. He jumps his body up to the next level. To the second level. Jumps his body up to the third level. It's like. It's crazy. It's, it's not human. <laughs> no. I, the, I, the, seriously. If you haven't watched the video, you need to go watch the Cosmo video because what he does with these tables is, and they have, they have, so the, the bottom tables on both rows, they've got guys sitting there holding the tables down. So yeah. at least those tables, you know, provide a stable base for him. But the fact that like the tables aren't moving and he's get I mean, I, I just, I just can't, I don't uh, know how they did it. It was amazing. All well in his Cooper costume. Exactly. So, oh, and the other thing too, that I saw when I was doing some research, mm-hmm. Cosmo won the mascot national championship in 2020. So we have a grand history with our Cosmo and his ability to 
be a mascot. I think everybody just loves that Cosmo. I agree. So, well, keeping on that football theme, you may recall a few months ago, we talked about the BYU alumni edition, the food edition, and the infamous 15-inch cougar tail, which is a maple bar donut that is sold at football games. So this last weekend, as in, I believe, yesterday, the Cougars played Arkansas, which is an SEC school. And for that uh, event, they decided that there would be a limited number of chocolate-covered Cougar tails. Now, they did not say that they weren't going to have maple, uh, so it's presumed that they had the maple. (laughs) But it is also, there were some chocolate ones. And what did you have to do to get a chocolate one, I want to know? Because they didn't say how many were available. They have only had the chocolate cougar tail twice, way back in 2012, and then they made it available once in a pandemic-altered 2020 game. So this is what I would like to know, because they lost terribly to Arkansas. Yes, they did. Is the chocolate cougar tail a bad omen? Ooh. We need the history on those we two other games. We need the history on the two other games. Did they also lose those games? Because if they did, we just need to get rid of the chocolate Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Stick with the maple. And I will just do a side note. There was an article in the Salt Lake Tribune where the Arkansas fans were bemoaning their ability to tailgate at the BYU game. Now, there is a tailgating section at the BYU game, but these Arkansas fans, like it doesn't matter what time of the day the game is on Saturday, they're going to start tailgating at eight in the morning. And their tailgating involves drinking whiskey and beer. Which, of course, they can't do on the Utah campus and so on the BYU campus. And so there was uh, quite some consternation among the Arkansas fans about how were they going to properly tailgate if they couldn't have their alcohol level over the legal limit. This is funny because all the teams have to deal with this. This I know. This is my theory. They don't usually play Arkansas. No, they so don't. maybe Arkansas was in shock. And the other teams they play are like used to it. Yeah, They're like, we, all right, we know. guys, you don't tailgate yeah. at the stadium. We've got to find an alternate location. We've got to find an alternate location where we can drink <laughs> our alcohol and then arrive at the stadium three sheets to win. Okay. Also, speaking of the cougar tail, this is going around Facebook. And again, if you're watching us on video, oh, I don't know if Kurt's even going to put this on YouTube, but if he does... Or if not, you can go look it up. We have the link. There are socks, socks that depict the infamous cougar tail. You have socks where the whole cougar tail encompasses the sock. And another sock where you've got the BYU logo and cougar tail uh, on a on a on uh, the sack that the cougar tail comes in. So if you are a BYU fan or you know a BYU fan and you need the ultimate gift for the BYU fan, I can't think of more of an ultimate gift than cougar tail socks. Cougar tail is really becoming a thing. It really is. The socks are pricey. They're 19 bucks a pair. Wow. I'm sad it wasn't a thing when I was at BYU. So yeah, if you're a BYU fan, you might want to get yourself the cougar tail socks. Okay. All right. Let's stay on our food theme, Marianne. Right. We have to talk about cookie wars. Okay. First of all, our sister texted us today and cookie wars has now made national news because she sent us a link to a good morning America story, story about the Utah cookie wars. And we have been following the cookie wars (laughs) since their inception. So recap, crumble is suing crumble, suing crave and and dirty dough, dirty dough, because they have a box that's blue and crumble has boxes. I don't know. Whatever. They think, yeah. they think it looks too similar. I think the whole thing is hysterical. Oh, it's such nonsense. That's why we talk about it on our show. We can't get enough of it. I think it's highly entertaining. I don't blame Good Morning America for picking it up. No, I don't either. It's the weirdest thing. Um, okay. So Deseret News did an article on it. And because of this lawsuit, they took it upon themselves. They were like, we're going to do a Deseret News taste test. We might not know who's going to win the lawsuit, but we're going to they're going to they're going to taste, taste test the test cookies and tell you which cookie wins. So they bought four cookies from each store, yes, and they bought the chocolate chip from each store, so they at least had uniformity in the chocolate chip. They did, and it appears from their taste test that Crumble seems to have won. Two of the three people picked Crumble. Now that's the big dog that's suing the little dog. Yes. <laughs> so yes, Dirty Dough came in second. Nobody voted for Crave. Yeah. Anyway, we thought we'd do our own scientific. I know. So the Deseret News <laughs> taste, test taste test inspired us. I was like, Ariane, 
we need to do our own. We got to do a taste test. Plus, we are cookie sugar cookie connoisseurs. Yes, we did not have any of these cookie places in Idaho until about like four years ago. Four years ago, okay. One came to town, and then it was like boom, boom, boom. Okay, so the first one that came to town was Chip, Mm -hmm. and then we got the so delicious, right? And then um, we got. I think then we got the crumble and then we got the twisted sugar. They came about the same time. And then you were in Utah this weekend. So you picked up a swig cookie. Because we don't have so swig. We don't have swig. So what we have here for you folks, um, you, we'll, we'll try and describe it the best we can for those who are listening to us via audio, is we have five sugar cookies, one from each of these stores. And we are going to test these sugar cookies tonight. We're going to tell you how much each sugar cookie costs the grams in each sugar cookie so you can see the value that you're getting and then our take on the sugar cookies okay where you want to start let's start with the big dog let's crumble. start with the big dog crumble the people who like to sue okay so the crumble cookie was three dollars and 98 cents and it was 156 grams on the scale it's fine they have pink frosting they have pink frosting it's it's a pretty moist cookie it's good all right. It's good. So delicious. Now, so delicious used to be my favorite when they first came. They were the first one, or I guess they were the second one we got in our town. They used to be my favorite, but I swear they changed their recipe and I haven't had it in several years okay. because they changed their recipe. That's the new recipe still. Um, this cookie is significant. This so delicious cookie is not as moist as the crumble cookie. It's like, fla- it's-, it's too flowery. It is. It's too flowery. Not not a huge fan of the so delicious. Okay. Um. What next? Should we do swig? Oh, and I should say the so delicious was a sugar cookie with pink frosting as well. So now we're going to move on to swig. Oh, and I don't think I said on the so delicious. Did I say so delicious is two dollars and ninety one cents and one hundred and eighteen grams of cookie? Okay. So it is smaller than the crumble cookie. So it's more expensive one. Um, no, actually, it's not. Oh. It's cheaper because it was only two ninety one. I should have done this per ounce. And the other one was the crumble cookie was almost four dollars. The crumble cookie was our most expensive cookie. Okay, so now we are moving on to Swig. This was one hundred and nineteen grams, and this was a two dollar cookie. So it's a cheaper cookie. Again, it's kind of dry. They're, I, all, they're all starting to taste the same. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Um, it's too flowery. It's too flowery. This this, and the, the mm-hmm. swig cookie, or not the swig cookie, the so delicious cookie, These they, they taste, taste the same. They taste the same. <gasps> Someone's going to sue someone. Someone's going to sue someone. They stole the recipe. Okay. Shall we do twisted sugar next? And I, I don't know if twisted sugar is just an Idaho thing. No, they have them in Utah now because I saw one this weekend in Logan. Okay. So this cookie does not have pink frosting. It has kind of a creamy vanilla frosting. Mm -hmm. That one's my favorite. Yeah, that one's pretty good. It tastes very moist. More buttery to me than the other ones. Yeah. Very moist. Um, Yeah, that was, that was, that was good. I still, I, at this point, crumble is still in the lead for me. You like the crumble. So far, I'm liking the crumble. I mean, I kind of hate to admit it, but it's kind of true. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> okay. So our last one that we're going to test is chip. Okay. And I've never had a chip and sugar the, cookie. And the chip sugar cookie uh, does have sprinkles on it and it has white frosting. It doesn't have the pink frosting. And it's $3.70. So one of the more expensive ones. Mm. Okay. I like the chip. You like the chip? Here's what I like about the chip. So the cookie isn't as dense as these other sugar cookies. It kind of seems to have a little more air in it. And the frosting, here's what I really like about the chip. The chip, I think, has the best frosting. It has a really good vanilla flavor to it. I, I like the frosting on the chip. Okay, I'm going to go back and redry, do my do another bite of my crumble. I think it's soda, or twisted sugar for me. Mmm. Okay. I'm going to say chip is my first choice and crumble is my second. All right. Are you going to give a second place? Crumble is my second. Twisted sugar is my first. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Darn it. Crumble. 
Why do you have to be so good and they so do mean? Make, they do make, well, see, and here's the deal. You make a superior cookie. I mean, the Deseret News already, you know, two two out of the three people on the Deseret News <laughs> voted you superior. So you make a superior product. Why you got to sue the little guy? Plus, you have like a bazillion shops all yeah. over the country. And you ship. I am always seeing TikTokers in other parts of the country getting their crumble order in the mail. Yeah. So, Yeah. Crumble, you have a superior cookie. But you're kind of a mean girl. But you're a mean girl. That's exactly. That is a, that is the best way to describe it is Crumble, you're a mean girl. <laughs> okay. It's like having the best wardrobe but still shaming everybody else. Well, that was fun. The that fir- was fun. The first official sugar cookie taste test. Okay. So if y'all have anything else you want us to taste test on air... <laughs> Just, just let Kurt know. We're, we're gay. <laughs> Kurt's going to be like, what is happening over there? I'm telling you, okay. we're, we're, we're working hard to get Kurt to, you know, fire us. <laughs> okay. Well, what do we have next? Uh, let's see. Oh, the new Relief Society. They are technically called the Relief Society General Advisory Council. They used to be called the Relief Society Board, but these days they are hmm. the General Advisory Council. So... Um, there are nine new sisters who are called to this. And so I did a little reading on them just to kind of give you some of their demographics, because I think the demographics are interesting. And I think the demographics are interesting for a number of different reasons. People who have had different experiences in life are going to bring different things to the table and different perspectives Mm -hmm. to the table. People who all have the same experience, you're, you're, you're going to do very well in serving people who have the same experience, but maybe not so well in serving others who haven't had those experiences. Okay. So so I have a question. Is this like with the new release society presidency, they then get to call the new board? I think they call the new board. Got it. Just a sec. I have to take a drink of my um, Fresca here because let me tell you that sugar cookie thing, that was way too much sugar. You're in a sugar coma. I'm in a sugar coma. (laughs) And I tried to prepare for this today. Okay. So there are nine new sisters. I will say all of them currently live in the Salt Lake, Draper, Provo, or Pleasant Grove area. There's nobody north Hmm. of North Salt Lake, which I found to be very interesting. That is interesting. Um, You know, one of the things that I thought about with this is I'm like, okay, we're a worldwide church. And only one of these sisters was born outside of America. Mm -hmm. There is a sister, although she now lives in North Salt Lake, that she is foreign born. She was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Okay. So we have a bunch of white women. Okay. That is interesting because, I mean, I think I've always thought in the past, well, they have to live there because they have to go to meetings. But in this day and age- That's, yeah. that's not, a, that shouldn't be a hindrance, right? I mean, I don't know what, cause I don't really know how they work, but I would assume that you could do some zoom meetings. But. Exactly. And, and I was thinking a few years ago, maybe for the last board, I don't know that they had more diversity on the board because mm-hmm. of that very reason that you can, it's very easy to electronically remote in, you know, the biggest challenge you would have would be facing time changes because, you know, you would have, you know, if you're doing something at 10 o'clock in the morning, Salt Lake time, that's going to be the middle of the night somewhere else. Um, And so I don't know if that's too much of a hindrance if they discovered that, you know, I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of one thing I was somewhat disappointed with is I thought, oh, I would like to see some people that maybe live outside of Salt Lake that, that could remote in and, and maybe they tried that. And for whatever reason, it just didn't, didn't work. So all of these women live either in Salt Lake County or Utah County. Um, but there are some real diversity once you get beyond that. So we have two women that are widowed. Mm -hmm. Uh, one woman is 43 and she's a widow at 43. Now I don't know how old she was when her husband passed away, but at least at 43, she is a widow and she only has one child. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other woman that is widowed, she is 59, which again, that's a fairly young age to be, to be a, to be a widow. Right. We have a single sister on there and she is 33 years old. Um, we have everything from what you would expect, you know, an elementary education major mm-hmm. to, um, somebody who is an, uh, an emergency room doctor. Oh, now the lady who is an emergency room doctor, she got her undergraduate in music education. Then she goes to medical school. Not only is she an emergency room doctor, she sings with the tap cats. Well, she's 
quite well-rounded, isn't she? <laughs> and she has five kids. She's 59. So presumably uh-huh. those children are all probably out of the house, but I'm like, wow, oh, honey, that's a schedule. Yeah. That is a schedule. So um, we've got another woman who is the owner of a general construction and design firm, Okay, which I thought was really interesting. We have somebody who studied psychology, another woman who... Um, Early education and art and interior design. Um, and so we just, we're all over the board. And we mm-hmm. range from women who have one, no children, the single woman, to one child to up to seven kids. Okay. So I would say, you know, the average is probably four to five kids. Interesting. It was very, mm-hmm. very interesting. So um, can't wait to see what they do and yeah. where they go with that. Yeah. Okay. Also this week, um, Angela Lansbury passed away. I saw that. Oh, my poor little heart. I love Angela Lansbury. (laughs) I used to watch Murder, She Wrote with our grandma. I used to watch that with grandma too. I know. (laughs) So, um, but there was an interesting article on the church news about Angela Lansbury's passing away. And the reason is uh, when they reinstituted the, or really kind of ramped up, I should say, the concerts on the Christmas, the Tabernacle Choir Christmas concerts. Mm-hmm. Really, the first time that they did that was back in 2001. And I think it was at President Hinckley's bequest that they were like, um, you know, let's let's do these concerts. And that's when they started offering them in the new tabernacle where they could seat, you know, they did the concert four times. So 80,000 people could see the concert. And their first guest artist was Angela Lansbury. And I remember being able to go to that concert and I absolutely loved it. It was just beautiful. She was the first one. She was the first one. Maybe there was one in 2000, but I don't remember. The first one I remember is Angela Lansbury in 2001. Mm -hmm. And um, she says that this was Angela. She was interviewed about her experience singing with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And she said she felt extremely nervous of stepping on stage with the choir. But that feeling didn't stay. She said that she belonged to the choir. And she talked about that. um, It was during the concert. She had an experience she hadn't felt before. The spirit of this place is so evident. It's all enveloping. It's all around me. I felt buoyed up by it. This has been one of the things I felt very strongly about being here. I didn't realize I was going to be hit by this extraordinary spirit. I haven't experienced this before. It's quite unique. People doing something for the love of it, not for the almighty daughter, but ju- dollar, but just for the love of doing it, of joining together, expressing their sense of feeling about life and all the qualities that are inherent in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so I just thought that is just a lovely sentiment by Angela Lansbury that that she was able to, you know, Mm -hmm. feel the spirit. And I think something that has probably universally been felt by most of the guest artists that they've had join them is they've just kind of been in awe of the choir, the production facilities, the spirit there, Mm -hmm. how they were treated. Nobody walked away thinking, Oh, I wish I had never done that. That was a bad experience. <laughs> right. So anyway, that's little, cool. little sad to see Angela go, mm-hmm. but she was 96. So, you know, yeah, you can't live forever. Yeah. She had the queen. Oh man. Okay. Shall we move on to um, Mormons behaving badly? Sure. <laughs> Arianne's cringing at the story I have. Oh Ugh. no, wait a minute. Before we move on to Mormons behaving badly, I want to finish one more news story. Oh, right. We forgot the... The lawsuit. The lawsuit. Now, this is... um, Many of you know Minerva Teichert or have heard of her. Uh, She is a famous LDS artist. Mm. She lived in Cokeville, Wyoming, and um, she... She painted the scenery and the cows and the pioneers and all sorts of stuff in Cokeville. Mm. She is famous for doing, um, there's a big murals of hers that she has done that are in the Manti Temple that were actually saved uh, Mm. after they were going to initially turn the, you know, just destroy them uh, in the, um, I shouldn't say destroy. They were going to carefully take them down, but they were no longer going to be in the Manti Temple. Anyway, um, so she lived in Cokeville, and there are a couple of buildings in Cokeville, and in those buildings hung four of her original paintings. Now, you probably don't recall this. When we were growing up, there was actually, well, in the building 
on Second Street or on mm-hmm. 14th Avenue in Nampa, which you probably don't even remember that building. You were probably way I too young. Barely remember it. So mm-hmm. that was a building that was built in our hometown, probably in the 30s. And we had original artwork in the chapel. Oh, they did? There was a Carl Block painting that hung over the sacrament table where Christ is at Gethsemane. And I remember as a child growing up and sitting there, especially during the sacrament, and that painting helped me focus. I could look at that painting of Christ in Gethsemane, and it really helped me to focus and think about the sacrament as a young child. That would be kind of cool if we had like a sacrament painting on the wall in the chapel. I like that idea. And, and Mm -hmm. to this day, I love that Carl Block painting Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the church has chosen to remove artwork from the chapels, Mm -hmm. a, a decision I highly disagree with, but (laughs) I do not run the church. Mm -hmm. And so I suppose during the sacrament, I can always pull up the Carl Block painting on my phone and I could stare at the Carl Block painting on my phone during the sacrament. Right. If I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so these Minerva Tykert paintings were in the chapel in Cokeville. And so one of her, you know, the the churches were closed down for, you know, six months or so during COVID. And her grandson returns to church post-COVID, walks into the chapel, and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where are the paintings? Mm -hmm. So during COVID, the church had gone in and they had removed these four paintings. In addition to the four paintings that hung in the two Cokeville buildings, there are eight other paintings, and they hung in buildings in Wyoming, Utah, Idaho, and Mexico. These are original paintings. These are not prints. And so the church removed these over the course of several years from all of the buildings, and he is now suing the church because he says, hey, those weren't your paintings to remove. Those were only on loan to you by my grandmother on the Mm -hmm. condition they hung in the building. Once you took them out of the building, you had to return them to us. And the church says, no, 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 no. She donated these. So they're involved in a big federal lawsuit. And so so interesting. It is so interesting. And there's like so many legal issues, Mm -hmm. you know, there's that the, there's just layers and layers and layers of right, legal issues because they're going to have to prove right. Like yeah, the church is going to have to prove in writing. The church is going to have to prove in writing because all these paintings were copyrighted mm-hmm. and registered, and he has the copyrights and the registrations. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, there were no contracts in writing, right? Because this was allegedly a verbal agreement. Right. Well, and as far as we know, the church hasn't put them up anywhere else to enjoy, right? As far as we know, I, I did a little research today. I couldn't find anything like that in indicated, you know, this Salt Lake is, City. Yeah, or, that yeah. this is on display at, you know, BYU's Art Museum. Because I could totally see that. Um, at first, I was like, oh, well, she wanted them to be in a church. Why does he care? But then as I was thinking about it, I thought, no, if, if they're just in storage and nobody can see them, I could totally see being the relative being like, no, these are supposed to be displayed. Yeah. These are supposed to be for the world to yeah. see. And then also, as far as why the church removes them, I'm sure the value, how valuable oh, they are. Yeah. I'm sure the church is just really scared about having yeah. paintings that Original valuable. artwork in right. a church. Well, Especially with all the vandalism, the vandalism that's been happening to exactly. church buildings. So I could totally see that. But but if they are removed, they need to be on a display somewhere. They're, I know. They're so beautiful and historical. And So now I'm wondering, is the church uh, not displaying them because they're in the middle of this lawsuit? Yeah, right. I, I don't know. Or are they know. still trying to but figure out where to put them? Some of know. them were removed as early as 2014 okay, before so. this lawsuit. So... Hmm. Anyway, this lawsuit is now set to go to trial in a year, in Mm -hmm. September of 2023, and it's actually set in federal court because there are some copyright issues. Hmm. So that will be that will be interesting to follow. follow. Okay, now we can get back to our Mormons behaving badly. Oh, this one's a doozy. It is a doozy. Okay, so the head coach of the Boston Celtics. Not that I'm a basketball fan. His name is Ime Odoku. And um, so he's the head coach of the Boston Celtics, and he was suspended because he had an affair with a team staffer. So he's had a longtime girlfriend. Her name is Nia Long. He's been with her for 12 years. And they have a child. They have a child together. And so he was recently in the process of moving her out to Boston. And um, it came out that he was having this affair. And so he is suspended. 
And it came out that the affair was with a staffer of the Boston Celtics. So then everybody's like digging around. Who's he having the affair with? Who's he having the affair with? Allegedly, he is having the affair with a 35-year-old woman named Kathleen Nemo Lynch. She is a married mother of three who is said to be a devout Mormon. That's not right. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Anyway, so supposedly this is how they got caught. So they were caught, allegedly caught, by the home security camera at the residence that Lynch shares with her husband. Um, Lynch had been talking to... Like the ring doorbell. Yes, had been talking to Ime on her cell phone, and it was picked up by her home ring doorbell. Her husband heard the message and hired an investigator who discovered the entire affair through text messages and other communications. Yikes. Busted by the ring doorbell. Take note, people. Those ring doorbells. I did not know for the longest time that they picked up audio. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And when I found that out, I felt kind of dumb. I'm like, what have I said at people's doors? (laughs) They're like, you know, you go up to the door with your kids and kids just say embarrassing things. The darndest things. (laughs) Anyway, so that's a sad story. Assuming that. We don't like to hear that. Assuming that. she is the individual that 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 he is having the affair with. We're like I said, we're going to classify that as Mormons behaving badly. That deserves a nomination. A nomination. All right. Should we move on to our favorite things? Sure. Okay. Why don't you start with yours? Okay. So my favorite thing this month, in honor of the cookie taste test, I decided I needed to share my favorite drink from So Delicious. Oh. So that you too can make it from home. <laughs> Because I now make it from home. That's I mean, very true. sometimes I get it as so delicious, but sometimes I make it from home. So uh, they have a drink called Holy Water. It is sparkling water. Okay. A squeeze of lime. Okay. Raspberry puree. Okay. That's different than raspberry syrup. Okay. Raspberry puree. You have to find it on Amazon. I looked all over town. Amazon. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> and you can't substitute regular raspberry syrup. I don't know why, but it's different. It doesn't taste the same. Yes. And then sugar-free coconut syrup. Okay. And a little splash of coconut creamer. Oh. Like coffee ma- makes a coconut okay. creamer. Okay. So, um, and you just guess to your taste, like just a little splash of Okay. The- and so you use, what'd you say, sparkling water? Sparkling water. Okay. Squeeze a lime, splash of coconut, sugar-free coconut syrup. Splash of raspberry puree, which is not sugar-free, and a splash of coconut ah. creamer. And it's really good. So it's, how often do you make and consume this drink, do you think? Um, Probably a couple times a week. Oh, well, then that's why you have to do it at home. You'd go bankrupt. I know. Because I was going to So Delicious quite a bit. I like it better than their sodas because they put way too much syrup in their sodas. Yeah, agreed. But this is like a flavored water. Okay. One of their, quote, flavored waters. So they put just not very much syrup. It's just enough to give it like good taste and not enough to be like Mm. sugar coma. Okay. Love it. So make it at home if you don't have a soda shop near you. Okay. (laughs) All right. So my favorite thing this month is a shoe. And here I'm wearing it. So if you're watching on video, I'll take it off. Again, I have no idea if Kurt's even going to upload this video. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. What you saw an influencer. Who I liked saw these, what an influencer. I think she called them cloud shoes. Cloud shoes. So it has a base like a croc. So it's foamy. It's a foamy shoe. It has a base like a croc, only it's about twice, two, maybe even three times thicker than a croc. And it's a slide. And so you had told me that an influencer that you saw, which influencer? Oh, it was Sarah from Best Bites. Sarah from Best Bites. Our Best Bites. Was liking this shoe. And the reason she was liking this shoe is she has old feet and she has plantar, plantar fasciitis. And I was like, I need to get me a pair of those shoes because I have old feet and I have plantar fasciitis. <laughs> I can no longer stand on a hard floor. Not only does it hurt my feet, it hurts my joints. And Ooh. so I need something fluffy that I could wear around my house and stand on. And I liked these because I'm like, I can wear them with socks. I can wear them without socks. I did not pay the name down price. I went to Shein and paid $15 for them on the Shein website. And I've talked about Shein as one of my favorite favorite things as well. But I, I do have to say they're marvelous. I can walk around my house all day and not have any joint pain, no foot pain. Very nice. And I was telling you earlier today, I was like, oh, hon, this is what you have to look forward to in about 10 years. <laughs> this is how it works. Everything she goes through, I go through like 
10, ten, years, ten later. years later. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> this is how accurate it is. Just the other day, I was talking about getting LASIK, potential LASIK. Yes. And I called her and I said, when did your eyes start going like to where you needed reading yes. glasses? Because they told me this is going to happen to me. And she said, 43. <laughs> and guess what? Within a week, I started like paying attention. I Because I told her all the symptoms I had. Because I am 43. Within a week, I started just like paying attention to my eyes. I was like, they're going. They're going. I can't read close up anymore. <laughs> what is happening? I feel like you getting old is not for the week. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, anyway, just Secretary has to turn her Roomba on off. That's how much fun we have here. The Roomba started. That means it's time to stop. It does mean it's time to stop. Well, Twim Nation, we hope that you have enjoyed our our all hat, no cattle episode tonight or what was it? Yeah. All hat, no cattle yeah. episode tonight, just full of fluff and nothing of substance whatsoever. <laughs> um, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to contact at this and Kurt is now going to be the individual oh, yeah. who has to, who has to field all the people who complain about us. It's still not us. So we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> anyway, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we hope that uh, I think he's still got the Patreon thing going. Yeah, I think he's still looking for Patreon. He's looking for Patreon supporters. In fact, I I heard him say in one of the episodes he wants to do extra content for the Patreon I supporters. Did hear that, so that'll be interesting to follow and see what he comes up with. So I don't think we're going to get invited. <laughs> We're the free content. <laughs> We're the free content. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening to us. And uh, good night. <laughs>